This morning, I'm very excited. Rob Shear is going to speak with us uh, to us this morning, and uh, I know many of you know Rob. Um, just been a part of our church for the last couple of years, and uh, his wife Louisa and and their son uh, Will. Um, just uh, a valuable friend to me. So thank you so much, Rob, for uh, preparing and, and coming and sharing with us this morning. How's that sound? It's good. Good. Louder? That's good. Good morning, church. Um, I want to talk about falling down today. Uh, This is something we all do, from the youngest of us to the oldest. Uh, You know, we've been blessed this year. There are a lot of new bouncing babies uh, here at the gathering. And over the next year, we're going to get to watch them as they learn how to walk. And of course, part of that process also involves falling. Um, At the top of the hour, when we release the older children from Sunday school, you're going to see them as they come down and run across the field to your right. Some of them will fall. And of course, they're they're the older kids amongst us um, who fall off surfboards, who fall off mountain bikes and the rest. So we all fall down. And you know... I'm amazed at the extremes that some people go just to fall down. And I can think of no better example than the Cooper's Hill cheese roll. Just by show of hands. Anybody know what that is? The Cooper's Hill cheese roll. All right. uh, Russell, throw up the photo. All right. Here's the picture of it. So the cheese roll occurs uh, just outside of Gloucester, England. As you can tell, it's a race. And what happens is uh, the runners run down the hill chasing a a nine-pound wheel of cheese. It's about this big around. First person across the finish line wins, and what do you think they get? There you go, they get the wheel of cheese. Uh, Now, the cheese is given, or the cheese wheel is given a one-second head start, and given that it can approach speeds of about 70 miles an hour, The runners never actually catch it, although sometimes bystanders uh, get whacked by the cheese and they've been injured. Now, the first written record of the event goes back to 1826, so it's been around a while. But even then, uh, even in that uh, recording of it, we know that it was an old tradition even then. Now, as you can kind of picture, as you can see in the picture, due to the steepness and the uneven surface that the runners uh, are heading down on the hill, there are usually a number of injuries every year. Usually about 12 to 15 runners get hurt. And the race has been summarized by a, a previous participant as follows. Said it's 20 young men chasing the cheese off a cliff and then tumbling 200 yards to the bottom where they are scraped up by paramedics and packed off to hospital.
more just google it all you gotta do is google cheese roll um, and you can watch I, I will warn you this video in a couple minutes some obscenities start getting dropped but it, you, you get the idea you know we all probably have at least one funny maybe even embarrassing story about when we fell down and so I thought I would share mine uh, many of you may not know but before I came to Pepperdine I spent 22 years in the army and early in my Army career, I was sent to a leadership course called Ranger School. Back then, Ranger School was 72 days long. Uh, they fed us one to two meals a day, uh, limited us to about two hours of sleep per night, and had us march 15 to 20 miles a day through the woods, through the mountains, through the swamps, uh, and through the deserts with 65-pound packs on our back. Um, I went in at a lean 175 pounds, and I came out uh, at a very skinny 150 pounds. So needless to say, Jenny Craig has nothing on the Army's Ranger School. So let me, let me show you a photo of my class. We're only about a week in. You probably can't spot me. I'm in the, in the upper left-hand corner, but I zoomed in a bit. There I am. Uh, very, very happy to be uh, participating <laughs> at this point. So, <laughs> um, you can ask my wife later for stories about how, how enjoyable my presence was after I graduated. I think it took me about a month or two to become a normal person again. So, three weeks into the course, we were up in the mountains of North Georgia. I was down to about, about 160 pounds, and the fact is we were all, by this point, physically struggling. And one of the challenges that we faced every day before we would move out is you had to pick up your pack, right? Now, earlier, it was easy. You just picked up your pack, you threw it on your shoulder, and off you went. Uh, but halfway through the mountain phase, that really wasn't an option. You just, we weren't strong enough to do that anymore. So one day as we were about to move out, um, I needed to pick up my pack, and I couldn't, so I sat down in front of it. And I pulled the straps over my shoulder, and I cinched it on, and I started to get, up, to get up. Now, the problem was I was on the side of a steep incline, right? We're up in the mountains. And as I lurched forward, my backpack, or my pack, went up and over my head. And it flipped me down the hill. Now, at this point, gravity kicked in and decided, you know, flipping, flipping this guy once isn't enough. We're going to flip him a couple times, and so I'm rolling down the hill until I finally stopped when I ran into a tree. So not too different than the racers 
chasing the, chill, the cheese, uh, cheese wheel. Um, as I kind of, as I eventually kind of got myself back together, looked up the hill, and of course all my friends are laughing hysterically at me. The fact is we all physically fall down at times, but of course we also always get back up. But what I want to talk about today is when we fall down spiritually. So these are the times when we fall short of God's standards. When we fail to live up to the life that He's called us to live. Basically when we sin. And I think there, there are very important differences between these two types of falling. See, if I fall physically, I have no choice but to get up. See, if I don't, if I don't get back to my feet, I, I just can't continue my life. But if I fall spiritually, I don't have to get up again. I may, I may decide it's not worth the effort. I may have become discouraged, just frustrated that I keep screwing up in the same way over and over and over again. That I no longer see the point in making the effort. And maybe you know people whom this describes. Those who have been so discouraged that they end up walking away from the church. Or maybe it describes how you have felt maybe at times in the past, or maybe even how you feel today. But here's what you need to know. No matter how many times that you fall, God is standing there waiting to get you back up on your feet. As David wrote in the Psalms, we're on one, Psalm 145. He said, The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. So how do we get back up knowing that we're just going to fall down again? Well, let me suggest that there are two truths that we need to hold on to in our lives. And the first is, we are all going to fall spiritually. It's just part of the human condition. And second, we need each other to get back up. So those, let me spend some time talking about those two. So first, we all fall down. So just as we all fall down physically from time to time, we all will fall down spiritually from time to time. Paul even told us this in Romans. Romans 3, Paul says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as the gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we all screw up. We all fall short. But note, that isn't the end of the story. Look at the second half of the passage. We all fall down, yes, but we can get up again. We sin, yes, but God forgives us. See, we are given this incredible gift of grace. And so falling down is only half the story. Forgiveness is the second half. And you know, Paul makes this point again in a letter that he wrote to Timothy. He said, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost Jesus Christ might display perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in Him for eternal life. So in other words, Paul is saying, listen, I fall down the most. Nobody hits the ground harder than I do. I can barely even stand. And yet, that's not where Paul's story ends. Paul falls down. He gets up again. And what does he do with his life? 
he takes the gospel throughout the entire Roman world. The Scottish preacher Alexander White once said, the perseverance of the saints is falling down and getting back up, and falling down and getting back up, and falling down and getting back up all the way to heaven. Now, I don't know the distance from Scotland to Gloucester, but it sounds like White may have, may have chased the cheese wheel a time or two. And you see, it's important that we understand that this is what the Christian life looks like. It's not easy. We're not going to achieve perfection. In fact, far from it. See, you and I are going to fall. We're going to sin. We should always strive to be more holy, to be obedient, to try to become more like Christ. Yes. But we shouldn't be surprised when we fall. We just have to keep getting up all the way to heaven. Peter also provides another great example of what this life looks like. So Peter, one minute he's walking in water, walking on the water. What's he doing the next? He's sinking. One moment Christ commends him saying, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The next moment Christ says to him, Get behind me, Satan. And you thought you had ups and downs in your spiritual life. But you know what? Peter never gave up. And these experiences made him into a strong person with incredible strength, the kind of person that God can use. Second, we need, we need each other to get back up. You know, as I was thinking about my tumble down the hill in Georgia, it occurred to me I was the only one that fell that morning. Why was that? Well, everybody else was just as tired. They were just as hungry as I was. We all had to get up. We all had to put our packs on. Why was I the only one that ran into a tree? Well, the reason was that all the other soldiers helped each other. What they would do is one guy would get down like I did, lean into his pack, pull up on the straps, but then another soldier who was still standing would then help and pull him up. And then the other soldier, the second soldier, then he would get in his pack, strap it on, and the first soldier would pull him up. We need to do the same here at the gathering. You know, a key part of this community is the support that we give one another. And that support is never more important than when we've fallen. Solomon described in the book Ecclesiastes how exactly we should help each other. Solomon said, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So I can attest from personal experience. It is not enjoyable to fall by yourself when there's no one there to pick you back up. But the fact is, we have each other in this community, in the gathering. But let me make one more point from the passage. So notice at the end, Solomon basically says, if two is good, three is better. Well, let me just run with that a little bit. If three is good, four is better. And if four is good, five is better. See, the closer that we are as a community here, the better that it is for all of us. 
Never be content with your group of friends here at the gathering until that group includes every person under this tent. You know, one of the worst things that I think could ever happen in this church is if one of us felt the way that David did in the 69th Psalm. So here's David speaking. He says, Reproaches have broken my heart so that I am in despair. I looked for pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. See, David David has fallen and he's alone, and he's in despair. There's not someone there to help him up. So we should seek to be a church where this never happens. It's hard. I don't know if we'll ever get there, but I think that should be a goal. We should, be a, we should seek to be a church where we are there for one another when we fall. We can't stop falling. We'll never leave, live a perfect life, but we can run down the hill together. That's all I got for you this morning. Um, let me pray. Let me get the band, worship band to come on up. Let me pray for us. Dear Father, I just thank You for this day. I thank You for this church and the people here. I thank You for the way that we are closely knit. The way that we hold each other up. I also lift up Bruce and Donna and just pray that You be with them. And just send us out um, this Sunday, Lord, to live the lives You would have us live. Amen.